Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Medicus. We've got a, a lot of new listeners in the last week, so we really want to make sure to welcome anyone who is new. Whether you are already in your medical training or maybe you're still applying to medical school or considering a career in medicine, we really hope you can learn something from the topics that we explore on this podcast. Today I'm here co-hosting with Alec. Hey Alec, how's it going? Hey, what's up? I'm so excited for this, uh, These actually these next two episodes. So we're doing a pairing, um, but I'm super excited because this is a Valentine's Day, Valentine's Week, I guess, uh, special. Um, and so we have two couples coming in. Um, the first couple in this episode is Chris and Brooke, and uh, we'll get to them in a, a, a quick sec. And then we also have Genevieve and Daniel. Um, so I'm super excited because I think there's a lot to be learned about uh, the social aspect of and, and just maintaining a relationship in medical school because <laughs> it, yeah, it is tough. And especially if you're just like working, uh, just studying all day, and I guess if you're on rotations, like going and doing rotations and then... Um, coming home and studying and it's like I, you almost don't have time to eat and then you add the fact that oh yeah I, I have a wife I have mm-hmm. a husband oh I have a kid like right. you have to incorporate that so um, just giving getting advice from uh, from these couples I think will be uh, really valuable uh, to me and to all of our listeners as well. Yeah, I've heard jokes from our classmates like the weekend before a test. They're like, all right, time to go like lock myself in a room for the next two days to study. But when you have someone else that you're living with and or a child that you're responsible it's for. It's like totally not. You can't do yeah, that. Definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So with that, we're super thankful for um, the guests coming on and spending time with us today. And so we have Chris and Brooke sitting in front of us. Uh, Chris, Brooke, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, so just tell me about yourselves. So, Brooke, you can start. Yeah. So um, I recently moved to Chicago. Um, I spent the past two years getting my master's of public health. And now I actually work for health insurance, um, which is very interesting dynamic, being that I am married to a medical student. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, um, met Brooke at at undergrad in Arizona. Uh, We lived in New York for a year. Then I moved back and started going to medical school here. So, yeah. Thanks for having us here. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, tell us your story. Our story. Do we want to start? I think you tell it better. Oh, boy. I'll, uh, I'll fill in the gaps. I'll fill okay, in the gaps. fill in the gaps. So, long story short, uh, I was a student about to transfer from Arizona State University to University of Arizona. And I know you're shaking your head. You were sent up. It's the worst decision. I know. But I guess it worked out for you. We say so she we'll got, see. She got wise is what we say <laughs> down in Arizona. This is true. Uh, <laughs> no, I have love for Sun Devils too. Um, I hope family never listens to that because they'll be like, what? <laughs> um, but long story short, uh, I was joining a thing called SOFOs. It was a sophomore honorary and it was for a lot of kind of student government type leadership students and Chris was part of the outgoing class and I was part of the incoming class right before I was about to transfer. Uh, I actually joined the club and I saw Chris at a mixer 
And at the time, I was dating someone else, and Chris was dating someone else too, but I definitely made a note of who he was, <laughs> just mental for a later check. reference, yeah, just a little mental check. I was in the crosshairs. He was in the crosshairs, um, and basically come, I think, October? Or September, I think September. September. We reconnected uh, and met each other again on a camping trip, and I put him in my crosshairs again, <laughs> and I actually reached out to him and started chatting with him through Facebook Messenger. Very romantic, and I kept trying to drop hints for him to ask me out on a date, but it wasn't really working. I would be like, do you like ice cream? And he'd go, yeah, I love Ben and Jerry's. And then that would be the end of the conversation for Men like three days. Men are clueless. Very clueless. Um, so eventually, you know, if you get to know me, I'm a very know-what-I-want, go-getter type girl. So I just said, hey, what are you doing tonight? Let's hang out. And uh, then Did we he had... get it that time or no? <laughs> he was like, wait, are you sure? <laughs> she even picked me up. <laughs> I picked him up and uh, we went to Nico's Taco Shop, which if you've been to Tucson, Arizona, it is a very fine eating establishment. Absolutely. The finest. The finest. You get like $1.50 fish tacos. Questionable if it's actual fish, um, what you're eating. But it was great. It was pretty good. I was super nervous, actually. I like, <laughs> we, um, I remember Brooke went up and ordered her fish taco. And I was just, I was pretty jittery. Um, so I didn't order anything. I just oh got water. God. It was super, super <laughs> lame. <laughs> <laughs> it was very very lame um oh but the cool part about that night was like that was our unofficial official first date um and we just kind of really sat down and got to know one another and i remember it being just talking for what felt like four hours i mean i don't know how actually long it was but it felt like a very it, <laughs> maybe maybe time just slowed down and we were in a vortex um but like that's when we really got to know one another and and I feel I feel like our relationship started with this foundation of a really deep friendship, but built upon that pretty quickly afterwards because we started we started dating pretty quickly after that. So, yeah. And then we had our second. So we had that. And I think from there I knew, you know, obviously very attractive, awesome human being both inside and out. But if it was going to end up just being a friendship, I would be incredibly fortunate just to have Chris as a friend. Yeah. But then we had our second hangout. And I remember... I, at that point, started to think, you know, I could develop feelings for this person. But the problem was we were having a movie night and one of his fraternity brothers would not get the hint that we just wanted to hang out alone. And he sat there the entire movie. And I kept being like... Just you three? Just the three of us. (laughs) It was really intimate. (laughs) And it was... I was so uncomfortable. And I kept just being like, don't you have something to do? (laughs) Like, he didn't even live in this portion of the house either. He was just wanted to kick it with us. Yeah. And, oh, man. So he finally laughed, and then we watched another movie. Um, so, yeah, that was good. That was good. And it was, it was great because, I mean, it was a new budding relationship, and I think that we both really kind of flew our, like flung ourselves into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think things naturally evolved out of that. So mm-hmm. it was cool. And I'm glad that we met in undergrad, you know? I yeah. think it was – a really interesting experience. I think it's it's all it almost feels like fate that you transferred from that terrible school up north <laughs> um, down to Tucson. But you know that's how I feel now. Of course, everything's of course. better in hindsight. Mm-hmm. For sure. Of course, cool. there are so many things that just fall into place very naturally. It it was it is pretty crazy. Uh, one thing I didn't even mention. 
I get a phone call when I was going to transfer to the U of A about my transfer student orientation. And it's from a student orientation leader. And basically they call you to say, have you completed your you know, math exam to show what level of math you should test into? Have you done your writing? Have you done all this, these certain things? The person who ended up calling me was Chris, which is just such a small world. It's fate. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Very hilarious. So yeah, we just had a lot of kind of crossing of our paths and I think fell for each other very quickly. I think my favorite story I like to tell is that my, my best man at our wedding actually took Brooke to prom in high school. Um, so forever <laughs> he will say that he's the one who introduced us, Whoa. which is... <laughs> Half true, but we'll give him full credit. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so you dated an undergrad for how many years? Um, we started my sophomore year, Chris's junior year. Okay. So we've been together since uh, October of two thousand thirteen. Okay. So a little over five years. Okay, cool. And then when Chris graduated, you were still in Arizona then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I worked as a scribe in an ER um, for about 14 months in Tucson um, while Brooke was finishing up her senior year. Um, And then after that, you guys – so it was kind of dependent on you because then you got into medical school? So I was actually applying during that year off. So I decided I was going to take a gap year because, you know, getting clinical experiences was key to my – um, application because at that point I didn't have all that much um, and so I was applying then and we were going to decide you know what would like what would happen if I got in where would I go etc we were talking about that because Brooke was just finishing school um, and then Brooke was like decide did you decide you wanted to go to grad school then yeah so I switched over I was a, actually a broadcast journalism major and I switched over to public health and I made a decision probably around my junior year of, I don't think I'm ready to kind of jump out into the real world for lack of a better term yet. So I wanted to get my master's of public health. So that was in the back of our mind while Chris was applying for medical school during my senior year. So strategically, we kind of sat down and we said, what are realistic cities that uh, have MPH programs that I could go to, to where if Chris got into medical school and had to start right after I graduated, it would be an easy uh, switch for me to go to that city and to and, and to be in a program. So that was something we took into consideration. Yeah, and that's like, and so throughout that process of Brooke applying, like you took your GRE and everything like that, I was applying, and then I found out, you know, pretty late that I didn't get in that first time I applied. Um, so I was like, then Brooke got into her to get into school in New York. Um, so I was like, all right, we're moving to New York, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and found a job in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and our our story evolved there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, it was a it was a tough choice too, even with figuring out. So, so with the masters of public health program, I was looking at a lot of different cities, and even after we realized that Chris was going to need to apply again, it's a hard decision of. Do I pick a city that, you know, do I stay in Arizona? Do I pick a city that has good MD programs that Chris could go to or DO programs? So there was a lot that had to be taken into consideration. You know, if anyone, if any of you have ever been in that situation of applying for medical school and you have a significant other, it is very stressful because you have to consider a lot of different things. So... But we made it work. I was really proud of us with how we handled it. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we had a conversation of how serious are we? Is this something that we want to keep going? 
And I think we very much knew, yes, we were very much in love with each other. We wanted to make it work. And we believed we could make it work no matter what. And yeah, so Chris was very supportive and said, you know, you got into your dream program in New York, go to New York. So he came with me. <laughs> I was, we were really lucky through, yeah. you know, through a mutual acquaintance, I was able to get a job um, at an ophthalmologist's office there. Um, I'd applied to I don't, like 20 different clinical research jobs and got zero of them. <laughs> um, but I think that was likely because my resume wasn't based there and I wasn't a graduate student or anything. Um, but either way, like I was glad that we, we found a way to make it work. And I, you know, at the time, I mean, of course, I wanted to get into medical school, but I was just happy to be supportive for Brooke. You know, I wanted her to do what was most important for her and would help her get a future. And I think that's really, really key. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every relationship's different, you know, but I think ours revolved around supporting each other's decisions, whether it was prioritizing one person over the other at a certain point in time or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it sounds like that really changed your perspective on not getting into medical school the first time that you applied because, of course, that's ultimately your goal, but it really made it so that so that you were able to go to New York that first year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it came up, it ended up being a, a positive and not a negative. And I think, I think it was, I think, you know, at taking a loss in anything, you know, for lack of a better description, is, is a good learning experience through anything, you know, um, and I think... I mean, I think rejection is a bad word. I think it's just you try and try again. If it's something you really want, you're going to make it happen, you know? Right. Yeah, it's going to work out. Yeah. I was so proud of how Chris handled it, too, because I think in a situation like that, it's easy to just say, I didn't get into medical school my first year. What the heck? You know, my world's crashing down. I think a lot of people, and even, like, that's for anything, right? You don't get something that you dream about. It's a hard loss. But I think another thing that helped was my brother uh, – was going through residency during this entire process. He went to the University of Arizona for medical school. And I think it was a really great voice for Chris to say the average age of getting into medical school is what, like 26. It takes often several tries. This is nothing but just a hiccup in the road. You have so many great opportunities ahead of you, whether you want to do clinical stuff, whether you want to do research, like do not be ashamed of this moment. I'm proud of you and apply again. And here are certain things that you can change during the next application cycle, which Chris really did. And mm -hmm. that's why I think he got in. Yeah. And the job I worked in New York, I actually got an additional like letter of recommendation. And it was it was a different type of clinical experience, which was really great. So it gave me something something else just to experience in general, but another thing to talk about in my applications and stuff. So mm -hmm. I was ultimately very thankful for it. Mm -hmm. So now like fast forward into, you know, Chris gets into medical school. You're finishing up your Ph.D. or I'm sorry, your master's program. When was the decision, or I guess, I mean, I'm looking at Chris now, when when was the thought of, okay, I'm going to propose, and, and how, what kind of played in, into your mind? And <laughs> Do you share? <laughs> so I, I've been thinking about it um, starting Christmas break of that year. So I proposed to you in April um, of 2017, of April of 2017, um, and that that December I was back home talking to my dad and I was like like I want to make this happen you know like I like I know I love Brooke I know I want to marry her um she's she's the person for me um we're very supportive of one another in so many ways and like I, I I'm so thankful for that in hundreds of ways but um like how am I gonna make this work and so my dad my dad really helped me with actually finding a ring um, and talking all that stuff out, which if you haven't done it, it's definitely a, an interesting experience. Um, there's a lot of different avenues to go down. Um, but 
Um, so I got the ring and figured everything out. And I did. And and Brooke and I had been when when I got back to New York. Brooke and I had we'd been talking about you know, all right, like, you know, if if we were to get you know married or anything, what what, what would you be into? And you know. Brooke I mean, we like, fully went ring shopping. <laughs> like, I'm not. Gonna Brooke was like, "Let's go to the Diamond District and go ring shopping." I was like, "Oh, it's Sunday. It's two o'clock. We have nothing to do. Like, let's go to Midtown Manhattan and let's look at the Diamond oh, District." <laughs> it's, it's pretty apparent that Brooke calls the shots. But, that, but, uh, I'm but that's the CEO. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> which which makes it easier on on me. You know, I, I really appreciate that actually. Um, so I so naturally I how could I screw up the ring when you know someone was telling me this is what I like. <laughs> Look at this. This is what I like. So I ended up getting the right ring, getting everything, and then it was Easter weekend, um, 2017. And I and are you in medical school at this point? No. So this no. is before this is medical before. school. Okay. Um, I had actually I had been home. Why was I home? Maybe this was over winter break. I called your parents and I I talked to your mom and your dad and I said I'm planning on proposing to Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, we had really good conversations and both of them were elated and supportive and I was very happy for that Mm -hmm. um and then i had this plan to have brooke you know get to get distracted that day because i didn't want her to know even though brooke has amazing intuition i I don't let me back up sorry to interrupt (laughs) no she's a better storyteller i'm not a better storyteller at all you are a great storyteller just two perspectives just two perspectives yeah well first thing i think that is actually very important to note that just popped in my head chris got the notification that he was accepted into loyola on Valentine's Day yeah. in 2017. So yeah. we were coming up on the anniversary of that. And that was right after we had Valentine's Day dinner. We came home. Chris hadn't heard back. I think you had it. I, I think you had an inkling that you were going to hear back soon and you hadn't. It you was, were disappointed about it. Was it was six weeks to yeah. the day of the interview. And yes. that's when they told us in our interviews, if you haven't heard by six weeks, you should call our office. So, you know, naturally on Valentine's Day, I was like, this is the, this is the day I'm supposed to be, you know, happy <laughs> and filled with love. And I haven't heard back yet. Yeah. Um, so we went out to a really nice dinner and of course that made everything better. And then I came home and I checked my portal and my portal said I was accepted and I was like, I freaked out. That was crazy. Yeah. This was at like 1030 at night in yeah, New York. It was, yeah. It was um, late. So I called my parents and they were both asleep. Yeah. That's worth waking up over. It yes. was worth waking up over. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, that was, was really, to note. that was, so that was incredible. an important note. Yeah, for sure. Yes. But the first Okay, so when I, I have an inkling, right, like I knew something was up because one of my girlfriends texted me and she says, I have an improv show coming up in like five weeks. Do you want to go get your nails done with me before then? And I'm thinking like, <laughs> why would we get our nails done before her improv show? Girls I've been to her get improv- their nails done. No, but I always made the t- <laughs> Yes, but I always joke with Chris, like, if you're going to propose, make sure my nails look good. Like, just joking. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so catty. I can just see Chris is like, mine just work. Like, how do like, I do this? I have to get her nails done. So I get that text, and I immediately remember I texted a group of my friends. I said, like, Chris is going to propose. I just, I know it. He's going to propose. I, I just feel it. It's going to happen. And then Chris tried to throw me off the night before the proposal by taking me to this really beautiful um, boat concert in Brooklyn, it was a classical music concert on a boat looking at the skyline and we dressed super nice we ate our dinner at one of the nicest restaurants i think we ate out in manhattan and the whole time i'm like okay (laughs) she's like it's happening tonight where's the rock yeah he's like i love you you're so beautiful i'm like thank you okay do you need anything (laughs) let's let's keep going and then at the end of the night he's like 
let's go to uh, our friends. And I was just like, excuse me? <laughs> like, we have unfinished business here. So then lead up to the day of, go Chris. So the day of, um, I had Brooke, you know, obviously get her nails done, which, you know, looking back on it was an obvious tell. But, you know, I didn't think it was. <laughs> so we went. So myself, a friend who lived in Brooklyn at the time, and then my, my eventual best man, Mike, who was visiting, um, or he was going to law school, actually, in D.C. He came up that weekend. Um, and we all we prepared like a little, basically, basically a little party, um, back at our apartment. Um, and I told Brooke and, and her friend Rachel to meet us at, on the steps of, you know, the university that Brooke was going to their main campus. And her friend Rachel spontaneously has her camera on her. I don't know why. Um, and I knew she wanted to take pictures (laughs) at, at the campus because the campus is pretty. Um, and, an interesting note about this campus, the day that we decided to move to New York, um, we were on the steps like of this campus. Like that's the moment and the place we decided, you know, Brooke's gonna go to get her master's degree. And that was roughly a year earlier because we took we took a trip to New York. Well, a trip to DC and a trip to New York to see which schools Brooke would would like and we decided we're we're moving to New York about about a year to that day. So I figured what what better place than the place we decided to move here where we've had all these great experiences and made some great friends so i brought her there and you know we're all walking in from the side and you look up to the steps and there's a uh, hip-hop step show going on like little john is playing like what like People are on twerking. the stairs it was amazing like, i was super into it <laughs> well yeah and i was i probably turned beet red like this is the place I'm supposed to be asking my my future wife to marry me, um, and I can't do it right here. I mean, Lil John's romantic. You could have like d- I mean, get low, it. get low, get low into my. Technically, or, I got low. Get low to the knee. Just there you go. There you go. You could have incorporated it. So um, we ended up finding a little different staircase to do it on, um, but we made it work, and the the. Most significant part was not only was it the place where we decided we were moving to New York, but it was, I forget how many years to the day. 69, I'm pretty sure. 69 years to the day mm-hmm. that Brooke's um, grandfather proposed to her grandma, um, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was great. We did it right there. There's some cute pictures if you want to look on Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, that was amazing. It was really great. And we had all of our friends there and obviously one who had a camera on her for mm. some weird reason take pictures. Lucky. Yeah, that, I don't know how that happened. Um, and then called a bunch of people on the way home. And the best part was when we got home, I had already started. I had a Facebook like chain behind Brooke's back for all of her friends who went, went to her school with her, every, all of our friends in New York. Um, and I had them meet at our apartment before I got there. So when I got home, we all we surprised. They all oh, surprised cool. Brooke. That was great. Yeah. And we had a, like a fun little party, little apartment get together um, oh, just yeah. to celebrate. We ended the night going karaoke and at Taco Bell. So it he was did. the best night ever. It was my ideal. We did engagement. do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brooke no. was surprised. The surpri- I, I, yeah, of course. She was surprised by the whole day. I, pro- I promise she Every was. Every part of it. Every yeah, part of it. it was wonderful. It. I wouldn't change it. Down to the T, okay? It was wonderful. Looking back on it now, she thinks she knows, but I'm telling you, she didn't know. Okay, no clue. <laughs> So you guys obviously have such a strong relationship, and I can just see it, you know, pre, like pre-medical school, even pre-grad school. Um, and so I'm curious as how 
you viewed your relationship and if it's changed at all um, since then or since Chris has gotten in to, to medical school? And I guess that's kind of directed towards Brooke, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I would say one benefit that Chris and I had is we started dating when we were very young. So, I mean, I was ni- we, I was 19, you were 20 when mm-hmm. we first started dating. So we were kind of there for each other during some very formative years of our life because, you know, you're trying to find yourself, you're, you know, leaving home for the first time, you're in college, you're experiencing a lot of different things and kind of trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to spend my life doing out of college? Who are my friends? Et cetera. So... With that came a lot of challenges and we had a lot of growth that we had to do. And I think that's what made us super strong heading into, you know, having to do distance for a year because I still had a year left at Columbia and I had to finish my program and distance. I had done long distance before and so had Chris and distance. If anyone has done it, it's very hard, but you know, I always, heard the advice of like when you do long distance always have a plan of when you're going to see each other next don't forget the little things send letters to each other and focus on the positives and try to make each other feel included as much as you can because you know it is hard to be so far apart um but I think the way our relationship changed when we did distance for a year I think it challenged us to really focus on ourselves, which I think was great. I think it gave Chris the chance to enter medical school and kind of take that first year to figure out what am I here to do? What, you know, studying plans work for me? Um, How can I adjust to this new phase of my life? And then for me, it was how do I utilize this last year of my graduate education to make sure I'm prepared once I leave Columbia and I can get a good job once I move to Chicago? So, In that sense, it was really good. Um, And then our relationship changed, obviously, even more once we uh, got married and I moved to Chicago. um, Because now, I mean, we really depend on each other for everything. And it's it's a beautiful thing, I think. It's, you know, it's so wonderful going home every day. And I think I literally said this in our vows. Like, the defining part of my day every day is when I get to go home and see Chris. It's the best thing ever. We are laughing and talking this weekend. Like, we love – I never go home and just, like, feel – even if I've had a terrible day, I know when I get through that door I get to see Chris. And anybody who knows Chris at your school, like, he is the happiest, funny – I mean, it's not a show. Like, whatever you see at school, that is the awesomeness I get to see at home. He's a total goof. And sometimes I'm way too serious. So he he definitely lightens that up. But, yeah, in terms of how our relationship has changed, I mean – I'm working a full-time job. Chris is a student. We really have to support each other in different ways. Um, So we take on different responsibilities. I know when Chris has an exam, like you guys just had this Monday, our weekend is going to be dedicated to Chris studying and us having kind of a more low-key weekend. You know, if I have to go out with friends or do things, I'll do that on my own. But just making sure I support Chris in different ways. I usually try to cook him good food. (laughs) She's very good at that. Yes, (laughs) on days where he has to study. But how would you say our relationship has changed, Chris? I would say Brooke is the yin to my yang. I know that's really cliche. (laughs) Um, But I genuinely mean it. I think that we started, we were young when we first met, and there were definitely, like, growing pains I think every relationship goes through those Mm -hmm. um but I think that through that time together we've learned to support and bolster one another I don't think I'd be as happy and comfortable as I am right now without you and in my life and what we've gone through um 
with that being said, I think that I, I, I don't think I don't think I could be as happy or comfortable wherever I am without Brooke by my side. So I think that last year when we did distance, it definitely gave us the opportunity to um, to grow individually and do our own things. And I think I think that wasn't an important step, but it definitely it definitely was a, a mental strain for me because um, we had spent a year together in New York and I was very happy and very comfortable. Um, I was I, I loved that time. I think Same. we have so many great memories together. One of the best um, years of our life. I don't. It really was. Yeah. Um, and I think moving anywhere with a significant other, but especially a city like New York, which is pretty hectic and busy, um, having each other to be there for one another was was good because there were days I'd have really terrible days. But when you don't have that that individual contact anymore for a year, that that was definitely tough. You know, my first year, I I was pretty I was. I was sad and I didn't feel like I was living up to my full potential because I didn't have Brooke by my side. And I know that like obviously medical school or your first year of medical school, we're all learning how we learn. We're all changing, um, changing things up. And it was, it was hard for me to do that myself because I'd relied on someone um, emotionally and mentally for a lot of things that I just didn't have anymore. Um, with that being said, when Brooke graduated, moved out to Chicago for a little bit and then we got married, like, I feel like I was invigorated with life, you know, I feel like it all came together and, and I feel like I'm, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like this year is like infinitely better. Um, but that's just like, that was just my, my personal experience, you know, and I think it was important for us to go through that. And I think that we've evolved and grown as individuals, but also together. But I think I'll never be the same person without you next to me. And I, I know that comes off cheesy, but I think it's very genuine and true. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'd actually like to dig a little deeper into that, sure. and because it it has to have been such a t- like a tough time, just that that first year, and for any like person coming into medical school or a graduate program or whatever, like you said, you have to change like how you study and how you kind of just like prepare for things mentally. Um, so, what like strategies or what did you? What were like specific challenges? I guess like was it like the first exam? You're like, oh gosh, like I don't have someone to, like balance this out or. You know, like what specifically, I guess, that Brooke did to help you? I think it was it was a, a kind of a mental and emotional support kind of thing. You know, I, th- I feel like whenever, even today, but back then too, um, when I had a, if I had a rough day or I didn't necessarily, it, not everything went the way I wanted it to go, I could always talk to Brooke about it. And even if, you know, and a good thing with Brooke is that she's an older brother who went through medical school. So she can very, she can understand a lot more than someone who has no idea what it's like to go through medical school. Um, she at least has that, has something that happened before where she can kind of sympathize and understand with the challenge that it is. I remember there were a few days I came home and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get all this information into my head. I like, we're, we're learning so much at such a fast pace, which looking back on it now is like, huh, <laughs> first year. <right? laughs> but but at the time it was very real and not being able to emotionally express that um, face-to-face with someone was hard. And, you know, you can, you can only talk so much over FaceTime, but, you know, being there next to someone, you see all their mannerisms, you read their body, you read their face. Um, those are things you don't get over, over FaceTime. And I think that's something that Brooke's very good at picking up on that I just didn't have anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think once we paved out what was right for us um, throughout the semester, things got a little bit better and a little bit better, even though it's not an ideal, it wasn't an ideal situation. Um, and I think one of the coolest things about this year, you know, at the beginning of this year, I was in, I was having a little bit of difficulty getting in some information in my head, and Brooke suggested a different way for me to take my notes. Um, and since I've been using that, I've done a lot better. 
which is really cool. You know, what, I was what like, is, what are those techniques? <laughs> They're a secret. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's just handwriting. Notes, but you know, that's something I could have figured out, but I just like didn't even think about because mm-hmm. I was like, I want everything on my laptop. You know, I want to mm-hmm. be able to look it all up on my computer and type it out. But for me, I guess l- I just learn a lot better when I handwrite things, even if I don't get everything that's on a slide or everything that's in a presentation. Um, I write down what I think is most important, and at least I'm actively paying attention mm-hmm. and drawn into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not on ESPN. I like to take ESPN breaks, you know. Well, of course. <laughs> no, we actually got binders and printed out the lecture notes with, you know, you have mm-hmm. like the three slides and then the notes section next to them. Mm-hmm. And point was review, review the slides, you know, if they're posted prior to class before you even go. So you have a base knowledge of what you need to learn. And then write directly on the slides certain notes because mm-hmm. I've, I've, I at least found for myself, you know, when I was going through grad school and I was going through undergrad, when you're trying to receive so much information i mean as medical students you guys do way more information kind of absorption than i ever did so mad respect to you all um it's hard to just like be typing a million miles a minute trying to pick up everything so yeah i was really i was glad to see that work for chris and like we just stuff like that together because we're a team like his success is my success and vice versa we want to make sure that we figure it out together so That was good. I think another thing, too, that helped us during our year of distance was um, I fortunately had a pretty low-key schedule my second year of grad school, which is interesting. And I was working a part-time job at a hospital with an awesome uh, manager who kind of was very flexible with my hours. I wasn't working a ton a week. It was kind of as needed for projects. So I we kind of made a point in agreement together that I was going to be making more of the flights out to Chicago and it worked out great. So and we were able to find really cheap tickets. Chicago to New York, we found flights for like ninety four dollars round trip. Yeah, that was really, really nice. I think seventy six a few it times. Was, it was nice. We, we were able to do that. Yes, you know, of not everyone has not that everyone has that opportunity. So we, we felt really lucky. Of course. Yeah, it does make a difference to, like you said earlier, to even though you know you're going to be apart, to have a plan, and this is when we're going to be seeing each other again. What did you do to also just include each other on a daily basis? Because I know it's really difficult to go through an entire day of meetings and classes and everything that we have going on, and then you go home and maybe you call each other, and it can be exhausting to try to relive your entire day to say, like, this is what I did today. What did you do today? How did you make sure to include each other in your daily lives? Well, first and foremost, we would, I think we woke up relatively the same time each day. So we'd usually like start the morning, I'd FaceTime and be like, what up, Chris? (laughs) Have like our morning coffee via FaceTime and just kind of, you know, what's on the agenda today, whatnot. But I mean, we wouldn't be able to always do that. Sometimes our schedules didn't align. But I think what helped us was just having, you know, texting communication when we can and then making an effort to always kind of recap at the end of the day. Like, how was your day? Oh, Chris, did you have an exam? How did it go? Brooke, how was school? How was work? Blah, blah, blah. Just making an effort to connect periodically. And I know for diff- for I have friends who are in long distance relationships and different things work for different people. Not everyone likes FaceTiming every day. And I completely understand that. Um, we are just a couple who, for us, it worked to FaceTime every day just so we could see each other. And at least make it feel somewhat normal in an abnormal situation. Yeah, so, I yeah. think so. I actually, I, I loved doing that. I liked being able to call Brooke in the morning and just be like, good morning. You know, I think it was really, it was, it was nice to wake up to that um, because it was something that we didn't have in person at the time. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when we were able to sit down and FaceTime or call one another, it was more like, here are the highlights of my day. 
here's here's what's what's important. Um, obviously, I can't dive into all the details of everything, but here's what I thought was interesting about it, what I learned today, or you know what I need to do for this night. Um, there were nights where you know Brooke had to do something for school because there were sometimes you had classes were, that were late, and I was like, all right, if Brooke can't FaceTime me now, I'm going to use extra time just to put it into studying, you know, um, and then vice versa. So. So when you decided to get married, like you talked about earlier how it was the right time in your relationship um, to do that, but how did you think about it in terms of logistics, the right time in terms of where you both were in school and where you were both living, and how did you determine when to actually do that? Yeah, so we actually had an entirely different wedding date than what we originally planned. We actually were going to get married June 2019, so this year. And then we kind of made a decision, and again, I do not want to speak for everyone because I know there are people who get married after step, and it works out awesome for them and power to them. But for us, we kind of sat down, and we Chris recognized that if the wedding was on his mind while he was studying for step, he was a little concerned about how it was going to go. I raised that concern too, and then we also were thinking, you know, I'm going to have to be working a full-time job because, like, Right now, I just started working in September, first full-time corporate America job in my life, and I wasn't quite sure, you know, when we first got engaged in April 2017, I still had a year of grad school left. I had no clue what type of time off I would get, and it kind of just made sense because, you know, first year, it's one of those lucky years of med school where you get, like, a summer break, not having to, you know, withstanding step when you have time off your step to study, but um, I graduated, and I made the decision like, you know what, I can take a couple of months to get married, go on a honeymoon, adjust to Chicago and get a job and have it be no rush. So we actually moved our entire wedding timeline up a year, which was pretty crazy, but we made it work. And yeah. It was interesting when we were planning it out because that conversation happened and like, it was like two days. I think we made like the decision. And then all of a sudden we were like, now we have a year. We have to plan this. (laughs) Um, and I think, I don't know if it was that weekend or the next weekend, but we had your mom go to a bunch of different venues because yeah. um, we knew we wanted to do it in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally we were thinking like maybe Sedona because it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, but then we were thinking logistics of it and it's hard to get everyone to Sedona, um, especially family that's flying in. Right. Um, so we had Brooke's mom drive to different venues in Phoenix and she'd FaceTime us from the venues yeah. <laughs> and we'd be like, whoa, that looks beautiful. Whoa, that looks beautiful. And then we, we found one that worked out really well mm-hmm. just like that, you know, um, which was really, really cool. So I'm glad that we I'm ultimately I'm very thankful that we did that because I know I mean, you can never predict the future, but I don't I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to manage all of all of the studying for step with mm-hmm. wedding stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. Of naturally, everyone has a different threshold. Of course. I just think that would have surpassed mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people can rock it and do it. So mm-hmm. what, what, So why did you, kind of like taking it the other way, why did you move it up a year versus back a year? Because we didn't want to be engaged for three years. I think, again, people who want to be engaged for three years, that rocks. Good for you. But I was just like, I know myself, right? Like if I'm sitting there thinking for three years about my wedding, Chris Dancing. would probably <laughs> leave. <laughs> be like, I can't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh, thanks. Um, I, I think that and also, again, with the job situation, I just knew for myself, like I, this was the one time in my life where I was going to have a gap between school and working. And at the time, had no clue what the flexibility would be terms of getting time off with my job so 
yeah, yeah. I, the timeline just synced up really well for us yeah. then um yeah. and i don't think we knew what the time like was three years out and i think with both brooke and i were like i don't know if we want to be engaged for just three years you know yeah like mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i wanted to make it official mm-hmm. <laughs> i wanted to lock F- her down <laughs> as they say. Yeah. he wanted to change his facebook status <laughs> <laughs> um and it's kind of going with that though so you guys get married this past this, June. This past, past, June. June. Mm-hmm. This past June, right? What other factors went into planning the wedding? So I know you talked about how your mom played uh, a big role in kind of like choosing the venue. Mm-hmm. But were anything was anything else like limiting because you were in medical school and obviously like you know in price like I don't mean to pry yeah, about no, any of, of that, but like both of you guys are in graduate education. Oh, yeah. and I'm sure it's super expensive. Of course. And you know, did any other things like that like play a role into like planning the wedding itself? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So first, sorry girls, I'm taking over. <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> so um, first and foremost, I would say limiting factors. Yeah, definitely with cost, we were in the fortunate enough situation to have our parents contribute and that was something that we will forever be thankful for. It was very, very kind of them. Um, but with that being considered, we were given kind of budgetary guidelines. Like my parents basically said, here's the budget we're trying to stick to. And in order to make it work, I was looking, you know, I wanted to get married in Arizona. That's where I grew up. You know, Chris's family's here and they were awesome and traveled all the way out to Arizona. And that meant the world to me. Um, but we just, we met in Arizona. We had a lot of really happy memories there and we wanted to make it work. And also important to know, I think one of the things that pushed me towards it more, just when I was looking at the comparative cost, Chicago is awesome, but it's a very expensive city to get married in. Um, whereas Arizona was just a lot cheaper and more cost affordable. So that was one of the things that pushed it. Um, and then other limiting factors you would say or just I guess things we had to take into consideration with you being in school so I think the the way that we went about that with me being in school was Brooke had a better handle on most of the stuff but she said Chris here's your homework you need to do this um, these few things and I told her you know if that was too much then I can't do it but for the most part I was able to manage whatever small stuff Brooke threw my (laughs) way um, like I helped reserve the rooms for incoming guests at hotels. Um, of course I planned out, um, like the, you know, the, the suits and stuff for my, my groomsmen, basic stuff that, and of course I'd give feedback on stuff that, that Brooke was considering. Um, but I think that like Brooke definitely took the reins when it came to that. Um, but I was definitely, I did what I could to be supportive. And I think that that was understood going into it. I think Brooke was like, I, I can't. I don't think you felt like you could put a ton on me because you knew I was in school, but I think we were okay with making that work and figuring it out together. Right. Right. Yeah. So we just kind of found a way to compromise. I mean, again, my second year at Columbia, even more specifically my second semester, I was not taking very many classes, um, which was fortunate and working part-time, but not very heavily. So I was able to carve out a lot of time to be like, all right, I need to dedicate these hours to planning wedding things. A challenge was, I mean, we got married in a state that neither of us lived in, which is like, you know, because I was living in New York, hers living in Chicago. So yeah, my mom was really instrumental in visiting the venues. And um, I did a lot of independent research. I had 
one of my other girlfriends was getting married and she was giving me really great advice on people to look at. So, yeah, or my, people um, meaning vendors. My cousin had gotten married um, in the October leading up to our wedding. Yes. So she was also someone we could bounce ideas off of. It's right. really, it's helpful when you know someone else who's either going through it at the same time or has just recently gone through it right. to even ask questions. You know, everyone's wedding day is their own wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the general, there, there are some general steps there that were definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Would, would you have changed anything about what you did in terms of planning, preparing, even like like the date like does mm-hmm. is does anything come to mind that maybe if you if someone was like asking for advice they'd be like oh watch out for this or take this into consideration well i would say to brides to people who are getting married um have fun with it recognize that it's a very important day it's super special it was truly the best day of my life but um at the end of the day, it is not the defining moment of everything in your existence. So definitely just keep that into consideration. I think that's important because like every bride, I think, well, maybe not every bride, but me, you get to a point of like, oh my God, if my flowers don't look a certain way, all the guests are going to know. And then if the guests know, it's not going to look good. And then blah, blah, blah. Like no one's going to remember what your centerpieces look like. Right. But they are going to remember the fun that they had and the joy that they felt. So always focus on those things and like, you know, recognize it is your day, make it special, make it what you've always dreamed it will be. Um, and just have fun. And, um, Chris's, uncle I remember kept saying this to us and it's so true he kept saying you know like it's a sad reality but it's one of the few times in your life that everyone you love is in the same room together so step back take it in look around like take mental snapshots don't just be so caught up in everything that you forget and I think that was something that was important during your day but I mean no everyone I mean not everyone but people were concerned that we were getting married in June in Arizona and we were lucky because the weather turned out to be really beautiful. I, I put a lot of trust in my venue coordinator. She was, she made the day just so special and she made everything align so well. And I mean, it was great. We were a little sweaty, but it was fun. <laughs> I'm always a little sweaty. <laughs> of course. Um, I think a note to the weather, for sure. Um, the days leading up to the wedding, it was like 101, 102. Oh, yeah in arizona (laughs) and we were all like oh no this could go bad but for we we only had we had a ceremony outside it was about 30 minutes or so Mm -hmm. um six o'clock it was at six o'clock and there was a there was a perfect amount of shade and a nice breeze and it was like 95 which (laughs) if you're used to arizona weather is not bad at all Mm -hmm. um it was great but on another note if 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 i was talking to couples who are planning on getting married um the biggest piece of advice I could be I could say is you know make it your own it's your day um plan it the way you'd want it to be Mm -hmm. um block out all the noise think about what you and your spouse your future spouse your significant other want Mm -hmm. think about all the things that matter to you and try to make those alive the day of your wedding um I don't know if there's anything I'd change like the day itself I don't think I could picture or plan a a more perfect day I would change one thing I would have changed not graduating, moving, flying to Phoenix, getting married all within the span of three weeks. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. (laughs) But other than that, I mean, it was wonderful. But yeah, that was like... Yeah, the experience leading up to it was definitely a whirlwind for Brooke. Yeah, Um, it was a lot. The day itself, I think, was absolutely amazing. I wouldn't... And I think I'll remember that forever. Yeah. 
and our honeymoon rocked our honeymoon was awesome you guys awesome. were able to go right after your yeah. wedding because you were on break from school right yes. so that, that was another thing that we took into consideration was like yeah. if we want to do a honeymoon right after yeah. which was ideal because brooke didn't have a job at the time um and she just graduated so it was like a graduation trip too um and then i was my last like true free summer so we made that work it was so fun and then you immediately moved back to Chicago together mm-hmm. then? Yeah. How was that adjustment? It was uh, it was good for sure. I think Chris and I really do have a soft spot for New York. I The day I left New York, I mean, I almost like got teary-eyed saying goodbye to my landlord, which is just like, <laughs> what are you doing? You would laugh <laughs> if you saw him. <laughs> he is like the sweetest, most awesome dude. We're guy, so lucky sure. we had him in our life for two years um so like that was that was tough for me because I I love New York I really did I had great friends there I made a life for myself there with Chris and there were just so many happy memories there but you know we were fortunate enough when we got back to Chicago we actually stayed at my mother-in-law's until I found a job which was you know can't thank her enough for that and I actually didn't end up finding a job until September so it was hard. There were several months of my life where I was sitting there and I had a master's degree from a good school and I had worked really hard and I'm like, why am I not getting a job? Um, and I think a lot of people go through that uncertainty and that's an area or that was a time in my life where I really needed Chris to be there for me and he could not have been more supportive. I mean, the kid was sitting in between classes for you know med school sending me job listings and being like here are people to connect you to and you know so that it it was an adjustment but I think now that I have a job Chris is going through second year we have our own place which you know love living at mother-in-law she's freaking awesome but it's you know there's something about like you want your place and you want to like unpack your wedding gifts and have your space so yeah, I mean, now it's it's been really good, but it definitely was an adjustment. Yeah, I would think so, um, especially because we didn't have, like, our place yet. You know, it was it was my mom's place, which we are extremely grateful for. Like, I'm very thankful that we had that experience um, and a place to stay. Um, but with that being said, we hadn't had a chance to make it our own yet. It wasn't our own yet. Um, and until until Brooke got her job, then we were able to move into a new place. And that's that made it, like, oh, this is officially our, our first place, you know, even though we had Second. a— we had a, a first place, a, a point five place. In <laughs> yeah. So I think this is going to be like our last question. Yep. But what is what is the ideal time to get married in medical school? Oh God. Ooh. Um. I will say I th- that depends on the couple. Uh, yep. Like a thousand percent. Um. You talk. I like that I got married after my first year. Um. Simply because not only did it work out for our situation, but because I knew it was the summer that I had free. Um, you know, talk to me at the end of fourth year, maybe Mm -hmm. that'll change, you know, maybe, maybe I don't think that like the summer after M2 year is, is the best, is the best time for it. Um, or if you want to, if you want to do it after step, um, that's your prerogative, but I personally, that wouldn't have been right for me. That is right for other people. Um, I don't know what third year is like, but I think third year is all the way through until fourth year. And then maybe after fourth year would be another time because I know there are some M4s that have some more time. But I think the biggest factor is where are you in your relationship? What's right for the two people who are getting married? Gotcha. 
And I completely echo that too. It's really dependent on the couple. I mean, there are some people who would say like, you're crazy. Why did you get married between first and second year? You have so many other things. Like you need to be doing research. You need to be doing X, Y, and Z. So to each their own, whatever works um, best for the couple. And I think that's what's most important. And it's funny. It's like as you get through your medical school, like as Chris gets through his medical school education, different questions pop up. So like, you know, it was when you get married and now it's like, do we have kids after residency? Do we have kids during? Like that's a whole other can of worms that we're going to have to approach in the coming years. Have you, have we'll you thought about that? that? We'll open that can yeah, in yeah, about 10 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I think. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I, like, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Chris. No, <laughs> we're, we're open books. No, okay. we're definitely open books. I think, I think we're, there are days where we're like, oh man, having a family would be great. And then we're days where we're like, no way I'm having a family right now. And I'd say, I think. Oh, that, well, not definitely not now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I'm just saying like. like kids in general. You right. Yes. No, but I think yeah. kids are definitely down the line, I yes. think. Oh, yeah. um, I think that's something we both want. Um but it's it's funny how some days I see kids and I'm like, wow, that, oh, those kids are so cute. That family is so cute. And then other days I see a different family and I'm just like, I don't think I want a family right now. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. But I, you know, when I'm ready for that, yes. That's right. how I feel about having wanting a dog right now. Some yeah. days I'm like, man, I really wish I had a dog oh, right same. now. And then some days I'm at school till 9 p.m. I'm like, nope, I couldn't have a dog I right know. now. <laughs> we should we probably we should probably start with like a fish or something. Right. <laughs> I know we've debated it. Yeah. No, I mean it's hard and also like. Like from besides Chris with med school, like for me too, I mean, I'm a young professional. I'm trying to build my career in corporate America. It's tough. Like you have to dedicate a lot of time to your job and we have to take those things into consideration. But yeah, I mean, we've definitely had the conversations. We can barely keep a plan alive. So kids are not in the near future, but they're <laughs> down the road. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, luckily we have um, the two other people that are coming on to our show uh, for our special Valentine's Day episode. Um, both of them uh, have kids, so uh, we can't wait to talk to them. And so stick stick around for yeah, for that. Yeah, we've got that. a lot to learn for sure. <laughs> they are heroes. That's congrats on being parents. That's, That's pretty amazing. That is pretty freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Props to them. All right, thanks guys. Thanks for so much. Thank, for thank you. Thank thanks you. for having us. We want to give a huge thanks to Brooke and Chris for being here and being so open about their joys and challenges of getting married while um, in medical school. You're a great example of choosing to put as much love and happiness into your life no matter what. And so thanks a ton for sharing your experiences. All of, to all of our listeners, make sure you listen to part two of this Valentine's Week special where we are going to be talking to another medical student who is currently raising her family uh, while being a medical student along with her husband, who is currently a resident physician. So that's going to be a great episode for part two. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relationship is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.